Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be inspired, informed, and entertained. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today, I'm super excited to have with me Debbie Hartley McDonald, owner of New Life Business Solutions. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks a bunch for having me, Jen. It's really great to have you here. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told you before. And I know you've been in business like 10-ish years. 13. Thir oh, my golly. Yeah, yeah. 13, 13 years. years yeah. Wow. So I started my business back in 2011. And I went through the SCB program through SEED. Yeah. And you were one of the very first presenters that I heard. And you really inspired me. So I really wanted to, I wanted to tell you that face-to-face. -face Thank you. Right now. Yeah. And then I followed you for like the, I mean, well, since then I have been. It's just, you know, with different things. But I've, I've attended lots of your different lunch and learns. And I find you very giving and very open. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show today. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. So let's get to know you. So you haven't always been an entrepreneur that much we know. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. Well, I think I actually have been, um, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've been a reluctant employee. Uh, I, you know what? Oh my gosh, I love that. I yeah. completely understand. Yeah. Um, so st I've worked for the government and um, I left the government when I was like 26 years old because I had this opportunity with this business that was like a, a year old. And when I was leaving the government, I mean, this back, I mean, a long time ago, and um, family, friends, all these people kept saying, but what about your pension? Mm -hmm. You're I'm crazy. I'm 26 years old. Yeah. What about your pension, right? Well, if I had stayed, I'd be retired now, but my soul would be sucked out of me, right? So <laughs> the whole time that I've worked for other people, I've worked for other people, um, you have kids, you have responsibilities, you know, it's like... It's, it's almost like what's expected of you from society mm -hmm. to be oh more responsible, to do, do the right this, thing, right? But the whole time, every time that I had a job, I still had a gig on the side. Mm -hmm. So whether it was, you know, selling jewelry at home shows or, um, you know, building and uh, making crafts and selling them at markets or whatever, there's always been a side gig for both my husband and myself. And... My husband ha has had his own business, and I've, and then we've had one together. So it hasn't been, um, you know, work as an employee, and then all of a sudden I'm a, an entrepreneur. Right. You know, and I, my grandmother was an entrepreneur. So you can imagine back in 1937, a woman. Right. That was an entrepreneur. So Very brave. So in my, you know, come from fishing, you know, so it's all entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So, and I can't imagine doing anything else. Oh my goodness! Like I, I know I could be retired, but like it would just suck the life out of me anyway. Doing Do you know, nothing. I'm sitting here absolutely in awe right now because you're pretty much saying exactly what my life was, and I did the exact same thing. And my only, and I don't even want to say a regret. The only negative is that I don't have a pension right now. One hundred percent. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. But absolutely. I do have my soul. You have your right. soul. Right. <laughs> Honestly. We had to deal with a lot of crap in between there. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, when I look at some of the people that I worked with who are retiring now, they're, most of them are pretty miserable. Right. Right. Because you've given up uh, the joy and the thrills and the... Um, the curiosity, I think, is a really big deal. Huge. Is as an entrepreneur, I think curiosity is massive. And um, one of the things I love about being an entrepreneur um, compared to being an employee is that 
when I could, you and I could go to lunch and I could say, um, oh, did you ever think about this? And we could have a big conversation about ideas. Mm -hmm. Well, ideas as an entrepreneur are possibilities and opportunities. Right. Ideas as an employee seem to always just die, fade away, right? <laughs> they die, right? they go into some pit somewhere. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I've always excelled in any, as an employee, because I've always been in sales, so, um, sales and marketing. So I've always excelled as far as productivity goes, but I'm a really crappy employee. Mm -hmm. Like, the idea of, and the whole I hate the word boss. So whenever anybody says that, oh, my boss, my boss, my boss, like, I don't think anybody's a boss of anybody in any situation, whether it's in a job, maybe you have a supervisor that supervises your work, or, you know, whether it's in your personal life, like the whole word boss. Mm -hmm. One um, of your triggers. Yeah, it really does. Mm -hmm. it, like, it gives me this knot in my stomach. So that the whole idea of someone saying, I, I'm your boss, like, I don't know if it's a rebel in me or what, but it's just like, no, I don't think so. I'm the boss of me, <laughs> yeah, so there. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. It just, it reminds me, it takes me back to the, the kids, right? You're not the boss of me. And, yeah, and, yeah. And we right. lose that as we get older. Yeah. Because we should all be the boss of ourselves. No one else should be totally. bossing us around. Totally. And that's the difference between leadership. Right. Right. So even I have worked as an employee in... Um, you know, in some situations where I've had phenomenal leaders, but those are people that inspire you. Those right. are people that challenge you. Yeah, exactly. So it makes total, total, total difference. Total difference, right? Tell me about your best boss, for lack of a better word. Okay, my best manager ever. Um, his name. I hope he hears this. His name <laughs> is. Um, his name is Mike Bobbitt, and it was when I was working at the World Trade and Convention Center. And I had just left, um, it was when I was going, to, when I was transitioning from a workaholic to a non-workaholic. Ah. So I am a recovering workaholic. So this is when I, I had left a cosmetic industry as a director of sales and marketing and working all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. And it took me a year and a half to quit because quitting was not seen as something that, it was not something I allowed myself to right. do. It wasn't in right. my vocabulary. So I decided for the sake of my life that I needed to um, quit, and I did. So I quit, and then I took a year off, and I said, okay, so what am I going to do? Um, so I just came from this industry, this cosmetic industry that's rah-rah, wonderful, beautiful, working with all these wonderful women. Like, it was, it was a great experience. And I thought, hmm, uh, where am I going to go? I'm going to work mm -hmm. in an insurance company? Ugh. I'm going to, like, what am I really right. going to do? So I thought, oh, tourism could be cool. I think tourism would be cool. So um, I found this position that, well, I've, I had a girlfriend that was an accountant okay. at the World Trade and Convention Center. So she took my resume to the sales department. And um, Mike um, was the general manager of the sales department at that time. And um, so I, I called him. I followed up, you know, are you going to interview him? Right. Are you going to interview me? And he said, well, no, really, um, you know, you don't have the background. And I, you know, I said, you know what? I think you're making a big mistake. I've got great <laughs> transferable skills. Yeah. Give me 15 minutes, not an interview, just to have a chat. Right. Anyway, the long and the you short sold of it them. is, I sold them. <laughs> and, um, and he was one of the best, well, not one, he was the best manager I ever had. And what made him? 
Um, because he managed the human being, he just mm -hmm. didn't manage the employee. So if, um, you know, my kids were younger at the time, and, you know, if I wanted to go to the concert in the afternoon to see the kids, like, it, it was not a big deal. Because right. as a salesperson in the hospitality or in the meetings and convention market you you know you're working odd hours mm -hmm. you do you're, you're doing a lot of entertaining you're doing familiarization trips so so there's there's a lot of, of give and take but in my past experience it was more take yeah right more take than give so and he was he was just a great guy and he under and he stood up for all of us and you know, it was it was just a really he created this culture where we had a blast and we were an amazing team. So it was a that lot makes of fun. a huge difference. I well, mean, listen, it's a big difference. Oh, I'd rather work with great people making sandwiches than than have a great job with crappy people. Oh my golly, it does make a difference, especially that we spend so much time there. What was your an example of your least favorite manager and what traits they had? Um, it was a woman in a hospitality industry. And I won't give her name. But, I had one um, of those too. She, um, I've gone, we've gone, I've gone through a lot of psychological and behavioral assessments, and this company put a lot of emphasis on this. So I went through three different behavioral assessments and three different one-hour interviews before I got this job. Wow! So everybody did. So it was about being a great fit. And right. and once I got there, I I knew the first day. Oh, I understand why they did it. But she and my manager ended up. Um, um, getting a promotion, and her manager ended up being my manager. Mm. Long and the short, uh, out of 10,000 employees in this company, which was a, an international company, um, she was the lowest for empathy out of 10,000 people. Oh, my Lord. Yep. So by, <laughs> I know. So <laughs> wow. she she was a, um, her, her schooling was in um, science, but she just, she absolutely had no, no human skills, really. Just a really miserable woman. However, I learned so much from her mm -hmm. um, about um, systems and procedures and... Um, All the analytical yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that you take the positive with the negative in every situation, but you pull out mm -hmm. what's the good stuff. And the good stuff from her, I, I still use it in my business. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. So even though um, working for her was absolutely challenging, I was fighting all the time for my staff because um, she just didn't get the whole human side at all. And it makes it challenging. It oh. makes it miserable for oh. people to go. Totally. And you can, I've, I've, I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. yeah. I've got the T-shirt. I'm flashing back right now to all of these things. And one of the things that a former manager of mine had was, you know, the hard skills. You have to know these hard skills. And who cares about the soft skills? And I'm thinking, that's the soft skills. Anybody can learn the hard skills. You hire for soft skills and you can train right? for hard the skills. The soft skills. And she's like, you know, she would very be very dismissive because I had a great team and she hated it. Yeah. What year was that? What, were, that was, was that in the 80s or 90s? 1999. Yeah. I think that um, that generation of women, so I'm going to rah-rah yeah. for the woman, I think that they had to be so ball-busting. Yeah, it's and, true. And be the absolute opposite. It was like um, the work environment didn't give them the opportunity to be who they really were. They had to take on this persona mm -hmm. in order to break their own glass ceiling 
and to, um, you know, progress like they wanted to. So I think there was a lot of that going on as well. There, yeah, there definitely was, and I certainly have, have witnessed that. But in in this particular case, it was just one of those things. That, yeah, mine too. She yeah. was just one of those things. Yeah, and I mean, she wore a badge of honor for the yes. 95, 95 grievances filed against her. I'm thinking, oh, my golly, that's oh. just... Anyways, yeah. needless to say, her and I didn't click very well. <laughs> And that that relationship didn't end very well either. But that was, you know, to, to go to the point of liking your job. I mean, there's nothing better than to be able to go get up every day and be excited about it. Conversely, there's nothing worse than getting up and being sick to your stomach and yeah. ready to throw up by the time that yeah. you get yeah. to work. Yeah. We're going to have a quick break, Debbie, and when we come back, we'll continue this great conversation. You're listening to Find Your Sparkle with Jen on CIOE 97.5 FM. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen. Mel- welcome back, Debbie. Now, we've had a great conversation during <laughs> our break. <laughs> we could sit here for hours. We both decided that, but we're going to try and get back on focus here. Now, before break, you were talking about um, your least favorite manager and what kind of a difference that that made in your life. And ultimately, it led to some some different changes, didn't it? Yeah, some massive changes. Uh, I think that um, when I left... Um, that uh, situation, I picked up a book. It's, it's called, um, is it too late to run away and join the circus? <laughs> Honestly. And I, you know, that old saying when the student is ready, the teacher, my favorite, right? favorite, that book was my teacher. That book really was my teacher. And it basically, what I got out of that was, if you don't like wearing pantyhose, Debbie, why do you work in a job where there's a dress code and you have to wear pantyhose? And if you don't like sitting in traffic every day, why are you taking a job in downtown Halifax Mm -hmm. where you have to sit in traffic an hour, hour and a half every day? Why are you doing this if these are the things that you don't like doing? So if you're being... um, um, if you're getting anxiety every day from these things that you don't like to do, it's really okay. Like, let's figure out what it is that you do like to do. So, you know, at that point, I didn't uh, take, I didn't start my business right then because this gig came along and it was fun and whatever. But ultimately, when I started my business, before I started my business, I sat down with pen and paper and I um, asked myself, I just wrote, I, I'm a big writer mm-hmm. and, I, you know, I just, I, I think it's really important it's to put very... pen to paper. It's not the same as keyboards. It's not the same. No, 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 definitely not. It, it there's something more, it's that, uh, b- that coordination between your, your brain and your hand that does something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I sat down with pen and paper and, you know, a journal and said, what do I want my life to look like? Not my, not my job, not my work. What do I want my life to look like? So I figured out what I wanted my life to look like, and then I said, well, what do I want my work to look like? Mm -hmm. And then I documented that. And then I figured out what is it that I can do that will fit into my life and one of those things. So that's what I've done from the very start of my business, and that's why I'm in my 13th year and still having a ball, Right, is because my work has never conflicted with my life because 
that's the main thing. And it makes such a difference with everything. I mean, just totally. even even getting up in the morning and starting your day with a smile on your face instead of drudgery about having to get your butt into the car and drive to yeah. that place that makes you sick. Yeah. So I don't like getting up early in the morning. I don't like the six o'clock in the morning stuff. Me either. Hate it. Can't <laughs> Me stand too. it. I understand. So um, I've made a commitment to myself that I don't do that more than twice a, twice a week. Perfect. And today was one of those days. So there you go. <laughs> and thank you so much. <laughs> really appreciate yeah. that. So it's really about, I, I think, if if we're not feeling, um, if we're not feeling it, if we're not feeling the joy, we're not feeling the, the jazz, um, you know, if your life isn't jazzing you, then there's something wrong and you're the only one that can change that. And you're the one that's responsible for that. Oh my gosh, absolutely, 100%. Do you find that some people don't understand and they don't realize that they're 100%, not jazzed. 100%. When you feel jazzed and you feel that spark and that joy, wow, right? Well, everything <laughs> falls into place. Totally. Because and just, you attract how, you, how you're feeling and your, you know, your energy is mm -hmm. attracting that, that same energy. So if you're going around like a bump on the log or you're not, you know, this whole thing um, when people say to me, mm, you know, but what choice do I have? Oh, my God. Huh, really? You have choice. You do. Now have there's a, a consequence to every choice that you make, like totally total consequence. But if you are really miserable and hate sitting in that traffic, hate putting on those pantyhose. I don't know if anyone wears pantyhose nowadays, but anyway, that was my thing. <laughs> I hate pantyhose. them. I haven't them. worn pantyhose no. since I left that job. That's good. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. And um, you know, if you hate all these things and you're going home to a three thousand square foot house. Do you really need the 3,000 square foot house? Mm -hmm. Could you have a job more in your neighborhood? Maybe you're making a little bit less money, but it's more affordable for your life. So I'm not saying that's the solution, but for people that there's say, options. right, there's always, always options. I'll tell you, when I quit the job, um, that, that workaholic job I told you, right. about, I came home, my husband was in... Um, he was in construction at the time, and so there was a nice storm, and I was in PEI, and I was supposed to do this event, and I couldn't do the event because it had a nice storm. Right. So I was driving home. I cried that all that weekend because it was like 18 months of stress of being in, like, and I had worked at that job for eight years. Wow. So it was just, bur I was burnt out, burnt yeah, out, burnt totally. out. Yeah, totally. So I cried the whole way home. By the time I got home, my eyes were swelled, and I came in the house, and I said to my husband, oh, I can't do this anymore. And he said, well, don't. Hmm. Well, don't. And I went, but what do we do? So I was making great money. I had a company car. We were going on tropical vacations wow. every year. Like, like it was on paper. It was the it perfect looked job. great. And it was for a long time until, right. until you, it's, oh, yeah. You but it steals your soul and it, it makes yeah. you sick. It's not good anymore. Yeah. So what he said to me, which was <laughs> awesome. And um, he said, Debbie, we've been poor before, we're going to be poor again. And if we Aww. have to live in a tent on the beach for the summer, the kids will think it's an adventure. Oh, my golly, that's amazing. Right. God love them. So I got in my car, and I lived 10 minutes from my office, and I went to the office, and I resigned. Wow. Yeah. How did it feel? 
Um, scary. Yeah. Really, really super scary. I'd never quit anything. But then, but then, but then, well, I don't, I don't know. It was still scary. Um, you know, you, at that point, this was in, um, the early nineties, I was making like $75,000 a year, the car, the whole thing. Yeah. So we went and bought, bought me a $750 clunker to try, <laughs> try, drove the kids around in for the summer. And we had, we had no money. So it was like, okay, we had to regroup. And, yeah. but one of the things that it does something like that does it um it gives you the confidence to understand that you will always survive you will always land on your feet and you have to go with your gut because it's always the right solution oh man it so is you know what there's twice in my life where i've gone against my gut and it's both been very bad right very very bad me too me too. And 100%. Huge, huge lesson. Yep. And not like little things. I mean, I broke my back in one time when I went against my, <gasps> my gut. So that's a huge thing. But it's a very important. How do you listen to your gut? What kind of signals do you get? Because everybody has different ones. So I'd love to. Yeah. And I think um, <coughs> I have to, uh, I think you have to be very careful in understanding the difference between this is my gut talking to me and this is my body um, this is my body just uncomfortable because it's going beyond my comfort zone mm -hmm. so I think um, the, that's an important to say and I don't mean to cut you off no. but that's a very important differentiation because some people think that if they get the twinge that that's a bad sign that's right and it's not no. always a bad sign no. so understand self-awareness um, you Huge. know if um, there are people <laughs> that don't have great emotional intelligence. And if you don't, you better learn how to get some. One of the things that I do is I meditate every day. Mm. That's how I start my, my day. Um, I read um, inspirational, motivational. I take courses. I read continuously. I get to know myself. I, um, you know, I'm, I, I just immerse myself in, in, in learning about who I am and what drives me and what drives human nature. But meditation for me is a really big deal because our society is so fast and so noisy that we don't stop. And um, and you cannot do anything without silence. You can't make good decisions. You can't get to know yourself. You can't listen to that inner voice that's telling you something because you society is... Um, well, to me, there's so many things that I don't believe mm -hmm. that society says I should believe. Right. So you so have to learn to turn out. You to, really do note stuff, and you have to learn how to go against the grain and let. I've got four sisters that think I'm absolutely crazy. They mm -hmm. still don't understand what I do. And we all went to dinner last night. Three of there was three of their birthdays, and you know, it's like, oh well, what what's going on? They don't even know to say, oh well, what new project are you working right. on? Right. So. You have to be really comfortable um, in learning who you are and and being able to figure out the signals. Oh my gosh, that is so true. And you can't do that unless you're quiet. It's it's true. And one of my biggest pet peeves is I run into people all the time who say I can't quiet my mind. I can't sit silent. I can't do it. I just have to be go 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 go. When they actually take the time to do it, it can make it. Well, it's huge, not easy. It's not easy. No, when and I people, quit, people think that it is. When I quit my job and I took a year off, it took me a year. Oh my gosh! To yes. learn how to slow down, learn how to relax. The very first things I did when I quit, it's like, oh, I took a class. I learned how to do, do this. I have to do that. that. It was like, I've got to learn this. Oh, I'm going to garden. I'm going to do all this stuff. 
You filled that calendar. Yeah, and you always will with busy Mm -hmm. stuff, right? So until you learn how to quiet that, it's just like anything else. Mm -hmm. It's a learned skill. Yeah, and practice, practice, practice. It's For me, it is such a tremendous feeling of love and and I know it sounds corny, but joy and just complete lightness and just really feeling connected. Well, listen, I, I believe that it's all about, um, I don't think that you have to be in pain to have gain. No, my gosh. No. Right. That's I think you have old philosophy. I know, I know. I think you have to have joy totally. to have gain. And the more gratitude you feel, the more that's going to come to you. So this whole idea that, Oh, I've got to suffer for my work or I have to suffer for my life. It's so not true. And it's way old fashioned. Totally. Totally. So what advice do you have to women out there who are in situations where you and I were both in where they're struggling? Like, what am I going to do when I grow up? I think you have to give yourself the gift of time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So whether it is, you know, Martha Beck's uh, find your, your, your North Star or following your whatever it is, I think you just really have to start looking deep. Mm-hmm. Um, start um, connecting with people who've done it before you. Because those of us that have done it are so open to help anybody else mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's, that's one of the, the joys that I get is when I'm working with my clients and they say, enough, even if they're entrepreneurs, enough, I'm working too many hours, I don't have a life, I'm miserable, helping them design a business and a life that fits their passions, their strengths, and their, um, you know, what moves them, what mm-hmm. jazzes them. I mean, that, that's why I do what I do, because I believe that when, as women, when we're happy, fulfilled, and financially secure, we raise way better kids, oh. and we have a way better world. And right now, we can use all the good people that we, that we can get. Oh, my heavens. You got that right. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the things I love is, is your, your motto is kind of think it, plan it, do it. Yes. And, and you live that. Yes. We're almost out of time, but what can you give for one final thing that makes you sparkle? What makes me sparkle? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's curiosity. I love it. I really do. I think that um, when I meet people, I'm curious about who they are and what makes them tick. When I um, have a subject, like I think, oh my God, when I retire, I'm going to take an astronomy course and I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I think the curiosity um, makes for a better human being, but it also makes me more joyful and makes me happier. And it really, especially as you're getting older, um, it's so good for your brain. Oh my gosh, it is. People it, learning, you know, pe- learning about people, learning about other things. It's just curiosity. It's all good. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure having you here, Debbie. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM. We'll catch you next time. And remember, go out and do something that makes you sparkle.